Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, good people, wherever you are joining us from, whatever time you are joining us. I hope you're in good health. I hope you're well. Welcome back to another episode of the VIP show. Today on the VIP show, we have three more very special VIPs from the Youth Purpose and Partnership Program at Children's Services of Roxbury. We got Nate, Anthony, and Joshua in the building ready to give us their take on a very important subject, um, and it's our privilege to bring it to you, uh, to remind you that the VIP show, again, is brought to you by Children's Services of Roxbury, YPP, and WBCA 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. I'm your co-host today, sitting in the big chair for the VIP show. My name is Harry Harding. I'm the Vice President of Innovation and Strategic Partnerships for Children's Services of Roxbury but I also have the fortunate privilege of overseeing YPP, Youth Purpose and Partnership. And again, as I mentioned, we have three very special VIPs in the building, uh, Nate, Joshua, and Anthony, alongside another co-host, uh, one of my partners in crime. Uh, we don't really do crime, but, you know, you know you know the expression. Uh, but Tim Fitzgerald is the Program di- Operations Director at YPP, and he's also in the building. So we got a full house today, uh, and uh, we are ready to right get into it. So without further ado, I want to bring in our VIPs to the building. Welcome to the VIP show, Nate, Joshua, Anthony. What's good? I go to Neighborhood House Charter School in Dorchester. Some things I like to do, I play basketball, football, soccer, and I run track. So yeah, I'm a very sports-minded person. Okay. And um, I hope we just talk about some good topics today and give y'all a lot to listen to. And how long have you been in YPP, Nate? I've been in YPP for around four or five months. Okay. Um, Josh here, who's here, actually, he's he um, referred me to the job. So, yeah, that's my right-hand man right there. Oh, that's what's up. Josh, welcome to the VIP show, man. Yes, sir. My name is Josh. I also go to Neighborhood House Charter School. I'm 17. I like to play basketball, work out. Yeah, I ran track, too. Yeah, and you got my boy Anthony over there. A bunch of, bunch of athletes in the building. Anthony, what's good? Yeah. Welcome to the VIP show, man. What's up? My name is Anthony. Um, I go to I am 17 years old. I go to school at Roxbury Prep. It's actually very close to Nubian Station. My hobbies are um, I like doing physical things. I like playing basketball. Um, I I'm actually pretty good. You can tell Nate <laughs> and Josh. They can tell you a lot about it. Oh, we we give it. The smoke is real already. Nah. He's not good. He's not good. He's not good. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. Oh, no. Numbers don't lie. We going Numbers hard. They going hard already. We haven't even gotten into a discussion yet. It's getting heated. I love it, though. Welcome, y'all. Um, Tim, say what's up to the VIP show. Welcome back, man. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? That's what happened with our young men when we doing the Bobby Shop talk. It's all guys. So, yeah, do the Bobby Shop talk, crack on each other, have fun, and show their unconditional love with each other. That's, that's what that's that's exactly right. And that's exactly real. And uh, the rumor is, Tim, that, um, you know, you got a little game yourself and that you was about to challenge these young boys. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, I'll challenge them any day. I will even I even was spot on with 10 and still beat them by 10. <laughs> y'all gonna let, y'all let the old that. man talk to y'all like that? Nah, Tim don't want to do that. <laughs> nah, Tim, I'll beat Tim in the race, basketball, anything. Yeah, Tim, you're getting a little old, buddy. <laughs> Race, I agree. Basketball. You don't want to get injured now, Tim. Come on. Yes, sir. About that. I love my game. Do the talking. I don't do much talking. Ooh, oh, 
Mm. Hey, let's start this VIP show since you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It, so, it sounds like the the young boys is trying to protect you, man. Like uh, they they think Black Lives Matter. That's 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 what it sounds like to me. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said, this is not um, you know, we we joking a little bit, but you know, today's topic is a bit more serious in that you know, you know, it is Black History Month. Shout out to all the contributors of Black History. Um, and shout out to Black and Brown Excellence. Um, you know, the young men in the building today are, you know, representatives of that themselves. And, you know, they wanted to come to today's show and talk about Black Lives Matter. You know, the pros and cons, you know, how it affects the black community. And, you know, again, that's a deep, deeply important subject, a deeply serious subject. So we'll do our best to, um, you know, keep it light and have fun today. But we also know that we're talking again about something very, very serious. And we don't want to discount that, too. So. Um, you know, getting right right to it, like when y'all think of Black Lives Matter, I'm really curious, like what that even means to you when you hear that. So, you know, Nate, when you hear Black Lives Matter, what is that? What comes to mind for you? Yeah, Tim. I mean, yeah, Harry. I'll start on that. Um, when I hear Black Lives Matter, what usually comes to mind is um, you know, protests, riots, and things that we've witnessed these past couple of years because of. Um, not only police brutality, but the way that, um, you know, the black community has been treated yeah. and then thinking about it harder, I've like come to my realization that this is not only something that's been happening in the past couple of years, but years and decades and centuries. And, um, you know, it's been a thing, an ongoing, you know, problem with slavery and things like that. So, um, I think this is like, um, our time for the black people to come together and just try to, um, get back what we've and stolen from, which is our, you know, culture and mm. everything that, um, you know, happened these past couple of years. So that's what I think about when I think about Black Lives Matter. Ooh, appreciate that, man. Uh, I'm gonna go next to Josh. Um, when I hear Black Lives Matter, I think of like black people and white people should be treated equally. And when people say like black matters in streets and protests, like they trying to get recognition in the community from like racism, segregation, discrimination, all of that. Yeah, it's deep, man. Um, when I hear Black Lives Matter, I feel like saying this is nothing new. It's like, whose life doesn't matter, right? So I feel like what Black Lives Matters to me is like, this, this, um, these protests, these are nothing new. It was just now we're joining up together um, and speaking for one, right? There's no division within us. And um, yeah. Yes. You know, I appreciate all the things that y'all said. And, you know, I think, you know, Josh kind of uh, all of you pointed out, but I think Nate was was as said at the beginning how, you know, again, yeah, it's nothing. This is nothing new. And, you know, all the last couple of years, although we've seen so many incidents, you know, from George Floyd to Freddie Gray to Breonna Taylor, um, you know, Michael Brown, just just countless names. I mean, the fact that these names are so public and so. Um, there's so many of them that we could speak of, you know, says enough that, you know, there's clearly a problem and there's clearly an issue. And that said, we also know that the social media and all all the things that bring it to life make it seem like it's, again, something that is a problem for today. But again, as we just talked about and as you pointed out, Nate, these are this is a history of these kinds of problems. And it's another reason why. Black Lives Matter is even something that we have to talk about 
And it's unfortunate that we even have to talk about it, but that's a, again, a reality that we're, that we're dealing with. So, um, you know, I appreciate y'all for, for all those words. When we come back, we're going to take more time to unpack Black Lives Matter. Talk to these young brothers again about um, this, this, this idea, how it impacts the black community and go a little bit deeper into this whole um, conversation. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick musical break. So stay tuned for more VIP show. WBCA 102.9 FM Boston. Being racist and a cop should be illegal I swear them laws is so deceitful Killing black people, that's so evil Instead of filming on your camera, help the people They told me you my voice because of power when I speak Getting right or die trying, I gotta stand up for the streets Sometimes I feel like Malcolm X, I'm trying to fight it, fuck the peace But we shall overcome, that's word of Martin Luther King Don't wanna watch the news, it makes me sad Another child of God lost his dad When will it stop, do anybody gotta answer? Oh, we gon' keep dying on camera with no chances I got police supposed to protect and serve in my computer They take advantage of their power because they can and when they choose So many locked behind them bars and they innocent I can't be safe in my own streets and I ain't feeling it I feel like I can't walk the streets no more Because I'm black I feel like I can't go out in public cause I ain't free Cause these cops will shoot you down if you colored in these streets It ain't our time and let me tell you that first Gotta honor the most high because we live in a curse Every time I leave the crib, I just be fearing the worst So many good brothers and sisters gone, I swear that it hurts We been getting hurt for years, we just seeing it on camera now if they bout to kill me, please, I hope to God you put that camera down Gotta stand together in these hard times Arrest these crooked cops that's taking our lives If you follow God's rules, you never gon' lose, let me tell ya Because that devil working overtime You crooked cops to sneak up, not a line Protect your people, watch your brothers back And to all the good police, I gotta show respect I ain't good until my people good Let me pray for my people, cause God, we need you here I feel like I can't walk the streets no more Because I'm black I feel like I can't go out in public cause I ain't free Cause these cops will shoot you down if you colored in these streets I feel like I can't walk the streets no more Because I'm black I feel like I can't go out in public cause I ain't free Cause these cops will shoot you down if you colored in these streets Cause these cops will shoot you down if you colored in these streets That was T-Rail with I'm Black Welcome back to the VIP show. I'm your co-host, Nate, a.k.a. Nate Dog, a peer leader of YPP, Youth Purpose and Partnership. You are listening to the VIP show on WBCA 102.9 FM Boston. Yes, sir. So before we went on break, we started to unpack a little bit about Black Lives Matter. And I want to go right back to y'all and ask you, you know, and first let me just say for context, you know, sometimes when... Some people hear the term Black Lives Matter, they associate it with um, a political movement or with an organization, um, or they have some kind of negative spin 
or reaction to Black Lives Matter. Well, why, why don't why why does it have to be black? Why is it not all lives matter? Right. Sometimes you hear these reactions that people have that are not always positive. And I guess my question to you is, why do you think that there's such mixed reactions to Black Lives Matter? Um, I think there's a lot of mixed reactions because sometimes like in the community, like black people get killed by the police officers and like, and then get recognition because it's a lot of, most of the time, like when stuff happens, it's black people and less like white people. But I'm not saying like white people stuff don't happen, but like most of the time it's racism because of black people. So are you saying that because of the racism against black people that the mixed react, like what do you what are you saying in terms of the mixed reaction? Like, why do you think like some people have a negative reaction to it? Like, what do you think that's about? I think it's just like racism, or they just mm. don't like want black people to be recognized recognized in the community hmm. more. Um, can I ask you a question here? You of course. Um, when you say mixed emotions about um, Black Lives Matter, what do you mean by that? When I say mixed reaction, so for example, we're we're all black on this call. When we when we started this conversation, when we talk about Black Lives Matter, you know, for us, we look at it as we know Black Lives Matter, of course, right? I think even Anthony said like what black what lives what matters don't what lives don't matter, right? So for us, it's kind of obvious. And I think it's a we have a positive reaction in the sense that we know that we don't want black people to be brutalized, we don't want black people to be killed because of the color of their skin. So, of course, Black Lives Matter. But there's other people who hear Black Lives Matter and they think that it's some kind of political message or that it, it's a way to um, discount white people or to discount other people. And they just think Black Lives Matter is just something that people say just to say it, but they don't actually think they mean it. So Yeah, I, I yeah. totally agree with you. And um, to add on... Um, I do definitely think that there's a negative connotation on the black community and like negative stereotypes. Mm -hmm. So when people hear um, Black Lives Matter, um, most of the time they think that black on black crime isn't um, associated with that because um, when we talk about Black Lives Matter, we obviously are talking about how the black community are usually treated with by police or, you know, other other people, other groups of people. Mm -hmm. um, but um, a lot of people think otherwise in that the well, black um, community do it to themselves. Well, let's, st let's stay on that for a second because I, I want to come back to the police because, you know, we, you know, we have somewhat of a unique perspective in this, in this program because the young people in this program um, actually have relationship with police. And, and for those of you who've listened to this show before, you know you know, YPP was formerly Youth Police and Partnership. So this 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 program is no stranger to having relationships with police. So make no mistake that we're not bashing police. We appreciate law law enforcement. We know that there are not every officer out there is racist. We know not every officer out there is about killing black people. We're very clear about that as a program. But that said, we also know that there's a reality that exists that there's a number of and countless examples of of racism in police departments. Um, you know, the most recent example with Tyree Nichols in Memphis, this young man was killed um, after being beaten to death and those officers were black. So for us, it's not about white or black per se. When we talk about Black Lives Matter, we talk about police brutality. We're talking about the overall um, 
problem that exists and the culture that exists when black people are treated unfairly or brutalized or murdered. Um, and seemingly it's only because they're black. Um, I, I, I want to just stay in there again, back continuing to talk about the Tyree Nichols thing. And, and it kind of ties into the mixed reactions about black lives matter. You know, what's, what's I want I'm really curious about what's your reaction to this. So are you guys all familiar with the Tyree Nichols situation, by the way? Um, somewhat, but okay. I don't know the details well, very much. All right, no worries. Let me I'll unpack it a little bit. And again, without going into yeah. tons of detail, Tim, are you familiar with the story? Yeah, I'm familiar with the story very well. Um, um, on it, listening to it on the news, also doing my research and what you just, what you just saying first, I think when it comes to black lives matter, it really started off with Trayvon Martin. Mm hmm. That's where it started back from. And I really think that the more we try to build relationship, the more we 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 try to do this trust, it always something that come on the news that take the trust away from us that uh, we want stuff from Boston going through what other states going through, which uh, right now we know we're not going through that right now. But the whole problem is, um, and I'm going to go back to something that you said was very important. Uh, we have a national crisis when it comes to discrimination and racism, and no one want to accept that. And when something happened to a black person, it's almost like they want to say, just get over it. Yeah. Just, yeah. and I like that. So we really have a big issue with that. I want to just go back to the young. Thank you for that, Tim, because, you know, there's a, there's a lot there that you pointed out that's really important. But I'm curious from the young people. Have you do you know, you know the name Trayvon Martin? Does that name ring a bell to you? Yes, it does. Yep. And do so, yeah. So okay. So to be clear, you know, and again, without having all the details in front of me, you know, Trayvon Martin, the audience may know already, is a young man who was killed. Maybe it's probably going on almost ten years ago now. Um, I believe it was in Florida. A man. He was. Um, young man who was confronted by a white man who shot him saying he was standing his ground because he felt threatened when there was there's no evidence that that young the young man was threatening him um but i think that was one of the um incidents that sparked black lives matter to your point tim but i think even like the michael brown incident that happened um i believe in st louis where the young man who was killed um who they thought he had robbed a store or stole something out of a store and was confronted by the police and shot with his hands up and then you have Eric Garner in New York, the the, the footage of that um, gentleman who was outside of a store and was choked to death and, and you know saying, I can't breathe and have that on camera, all the way up to George Floyd, who we all know very well and watch that horrible footage of that cop having his knee on his neck. Again, we can go on and on and on, but the most recent incident that happened with this young man, Tyree Nichols, was in Memphis, uh, Tennessee, and... I believe it was four or five officers, um, mostly black officers, you know, uh, pulled this gentleman over and uh, essentially he tried to run and they they beat him, beat him pretty badly to the point where he lost his life afterwards. So I'm, I'm unpacking all this because I really want to ask you what your reaction is when you hear that because a lot of times people think that when we say black lives matter, it's only when we're talking about a white police officer against a, a black man or when white people do violence against a black person. 
And they people even argue that, well, you have cities like Chicago and Los Angeles and, you know, Louisiana, where black people and gangs are killing other black people. So in those incidents, do black lives not matter? So I asked, I'm back to the young people. I want to ask y'all, like, what is what do you hear when you hear these stories about black officers beating a black man to death? And this idea that does black lives matter when black people kill other black people? Um, Harry, and before they go on, I want to say this right quick. Because this is very important. This is very key is important. What you're saying is very important. Yes, they should have got fired right away. The problem I have with that, be consistent when white officers do that to black guys. Mm. That's the part I had an issue with. I'm not saying I'm happy they got fired. And let's remember, two days later, they fired the white guys until Ben Crump came out saying it was a white guy, white officer who was involved. They didn't fire him. Ben Crump had to go do that. No one didn't know it was a white officer involved. So it was five black guy, black officers, one white officer. But they, um, the, the black officers was off the job immediate. But stay consistent, and that's what we have an issue with. If you're going to be consistent, be consistent about the whole thing when it comes to police brutality. And that's why I have an issue with. Yeah, but they, a lot of, lot, lot of layers here. Like, what, what's, what's, your, um, what's your reaction I, here? I'd like to speak on it. So... Obviously, when we think about like police brutality, it's usually um, white cops that we think about that comes to mind. And so hearing this, um, I, I didn't really know about the situation that you just brought up. I didn't know that um, a black kid was brutally murdered by um, black officers, which is very heartbreaking to me um, because I'm a black youth in America. So that was hard to hear. But um, mm-hmm. I think the way a way you could think about it is the ratio from um, police brutality from white police officers um, compared to black police officers. Cause it's um, rare, it's rare, it's very rare that we hear a black police officer killing a, a black youth. And we usually hear coming from well, um, white police officers. So um, I don't know if that answers your question, but you can also, you can look at the ratio of, you know, white compared to black officers. That's how I look at it. And to add on to what Nate was saying, most of the time too, like I'm not gonna say for all the times, but when a white person like like brutally like murders like a black person, most of the time it is because of racism. I'm not saying all the time, mm-hmm. but probably when like a black person does it, they could be doing their job, but I'm not saying like they could feel some type mm-hmm. of way too to answer the question. Um, I feel like when police brutality is mentioned in something, no matter the police um, or the the or the whatever it's called, like the police and the person, yeah, the the police and the victim. Mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, damn, I forgot what I was gonna say. So take your time, uh, man. Damn, what was I gonna say? I lost it. Like, I mean, the, the, again, there's no right or wrong answer to this. I mean, really what I was asking is your, you know, just your reaction. And you know, when you, you hear about another, a, a young brother dying after being beaten by five black officers, you know, that, that's, that's, that's a problem in and of itself. And then Tim raises the other point where after this happens, those black officers are fired right away. But we've heard other examples when white officers you know, 
harm another black man or even kill another black man. And they're still working. They're still or they're put on administrative leave or maybe they're suspended, but they're not fired. I mean, there's a the consistency is off. Right. It seems like there's just a very different treatment of black people when it comes to a number of these kinds of scenarios. So I agree. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think they need to keep the same energy when it comes to white police officers. Facts. Um, especially because it's, it's more often than other times. It's usually coming from them, and then they don't get treated the same way that black officers get treated from. And that also shows that racism isn't only in like neighborhoods and from higher, you know, jurisdictions and higher powers, but it's also from. It's also racism also happens to anybody. Anybody, no matter what. Um, no matter what you are, like a president, a black president also receives racism. Like Barack Obama, he definitely received a lot of racism from America. Not everybody wanted him to be their pre- their president. So like that just shows no matter like who you are, if you're black, there's going to be problems with racism that you're going to get from other people. You you listen- know, we didn't hear from, I'm curious, and I still do ask the officers this too question even from black officers um we really never hear from how they feel about it mm. we we really hear from other why, officers. why do you think that is tim oh no i, I um i want to speak for every officer i think it's just that special code they have no matter what you just don't speak against another black i mean any officer whether you black or white Sometimes I wonder, I always wonder that how do they feel about the situation, especially when a white officer killing a black officer, I mean, a, a black young man, and this always happened. And let me tell you one thing about um, Eric Gardner. Let me tell you how they try to justify this. Eric Gardner was told not to sell cigarettes in front of that store multiple times. Mm-hmm. And that's what I say to people. Okay. I understand that he trespassing. Did he deserve to lose his life over that? Right. We can justify all this saying that, okay, he know he ain't supposed to have been selling cigarettes in front of this man's store, that person's store. We know that. But the question I want to ask, no matter what y'all say, did he deserve to lose his life? You know, and we still don't get no answer from, you know, even officers that I know that he shouldn't have been on the corner because he was told multiple times. So I kind of yeah, Tim, I agree with you. And to add on to that, um, I just think it's I think it's really crazy how like a black person, a black young man could be um could lose his life over something so little compared to um, we we see a lot of school shootings and mass murders from white white kids and they'll be treated with the utmost respect while getting arrested. Um, even if they're resisting or whatnot, they're never getting um harass like the way that black kids do no matter what the black person did the black person could could have done something so minor like we could think about george floyd he didn't do anything crazy um it could it was also could have been a misunderstanding what whatever happened with george floyd um his situation and the way he was treated was very unfairly compared to how police officers treat white people white people and i think i don't know if it's because they they they're scared of black people or if they're trying to defend themselves from whatever they think is going to happen, but I just don't think it's fair. And I think that we need to be heard and that there needs to be a change with the way that we get treated 
because like me being black and seeing these things over the um, internet and like things like that, I know, I know like not, I'm not only speaking for myself, but I know a lot of black youth, we have to watch or like, we have to be scared, like going like outside and things <laughs> like that. And when we see a police officer drive by, there's like our, our beat, our hop, like our heart jumps a beat. And that's cause like, we see a lot of things over the um, online and things like that. And that can happen to us any day, no matter what we're doing, even if we're not doing anything wrong, we can get stopped and just, you know, they can have their own opinion on us, no matter if they know us or not. So yeah, that's just something I think about on, on a daily. Mm. So um, and, yeah, go ahead. And to add on what Tim was saying earlier about like the five black officers being fired and the white one being fired like two days later, I feel like the system been broken over a long time because and not too long ago in history, I learned about like the great migration and how like 6 million African Americans traveled like to America and how white people was getting picked over black people for like job opportunities and stuff. I just feel like the system been like broken for a long, long time. Y'all spit the like, facts, man. Y'all spit I feel like facts. the kid that Tim brought up, I feel like he did not deserve to lose his, lose his life over such a small thing. Yes, I believe he should have um, received some sort of discipline, but I don't feel like death is the automatic um, what he should have got. Because that just, I think that would just stir up more problems and cause more just bad things. It's all going to lead to more negative connotations. And I feel like when a cop is mixed with a victim and the cop ends up killing the victim, I feel like how Nate said, the cop is more fearful than the victim because they feel as soon as they see a black person, I'm not saying they're scared of us or intimidated by us in no type of way. Yeah, threatened, like how Nate just said. Um, I feel like their first response is to be so to defend themselves, and that them defending themselves can cause panic within the two people, or it can be more people. I feel like it can cause a change of environment, and I don't think anybody would want to be in that type of position because it will just be. <clears throat> yeah, I've also noticed um a change. I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but I noticed a change in the way like um certain cases have been happening these past few years. Um, usually like these these past few um cases like with black people, you can you can hear that they've ran or been scared of the police and started running mm-hmm. or tried to resist. And I think that that's them running is from the is from fear in their hearts because of what they've seen in the past, and they don't want that mm-hmm. to happen to them. And um, ultimately, that all, you know what I'm saying? It goes into, it ends up, yeah. you know, going out How could bad. they not be? Yeah, how could they not yeah. be? After knowing what we know, seeing what we've seen, knowing the history, how could we not be fearful? You know, you, you know, how many times have you heard a black person say, how many of us feel this way? You know, you could be in your car or in somebody else's car and you see the blue lights and you know you didn't do nothing wrong, but just the fact that the police presence is there raises your anxiety. And that I think is a very common thing. Not all black people have that, but definitely that's, that's a real thing that many black people experience and feel. And why is that? Why is, why would that be the case? And when you think about it, it's pretty obvious. It's because again, all of these examples, all the, all the things that we've seen and know that's happened over time you know, again, from the George Floyds, from the, the Tyree Nichols, we just just talked about a couple of weeks ago. Every time you think about 
the the police you associate that unfortunately with you know some some really tragic event and that's that's you know the, the worst part about that is the you're supposed to think about police for safety i was supposed to when we think about police officers and law enforcement we're supposed to be thinking about that person is here to help me and take care of me if i'm in stress but the reality is there's been so um, again, just so many incidents and so many examples of, you know, black men and black women and people of color in general um, having really tragic experiences um, from white and black officers. And so it speaks to a very problematic and devastating culture that exists exists among some police communities. And, um, you know, it's, it's really, really sad and it's alarming and um, you know, again, I appreciate y'all for, you know, sharing what you thought about it. You know, we're going to, we're going to continue to deep dive with these young brothers. Um, what a, what a powerful conversation. I hope you are appreciating it as much as I am. Uh, you're listening to the VIP show on WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston, Boston's community radio station. The VIP show is brought to you by Children's Services of Roxbury and the good young people of YPP, Youth Purpose and Partnership. Today, we have three VIPs from YPP, Nate, Joshua, and Anthony, alongside myself, Harry, and uh, Tim. We're having a conversation about Black Lives Matter, and we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our conversation. So stay tuned for more VIP show. You hear that? This is my Boston accent. This is my Boston accent. Yeah, it is. Shh. This is my Boston accent. This is our Boston accent. Hear it for yourself. Discover your own. This is Boston, and we are all inclusive.
Welcome back to the VIP show on WBCA 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. That was This Is America by Childish Gambino. And um, this is absolutely America that we are in. And unfortunately, sometimes America shows us an ugly side. And uh, that's partly what we're talking about today when we talk about Black Lives Matter. Uh, certainly one of the reasons why Black Lives Matter emerged as a... Uh, a statement and as a movement is because of some of the ugliness that happens in America. Um, but we are here with three VIPs who are from the Youth Purpose and Partnership Program who are talking about Black Lives Matter and helping us unpack it. And so, uh, again, welcome back to the VIP show. Welcome back to the VIP show. I'm your co-host, Joss, a peer leader of YPP Youth Purpose and Partnership. You are listening to the VIP show on WBCA 102.9 FM Boston. Yes, sir. So as we get back into this um, conversation, I want to continue and take a, a back to when we, we kind of talked about George Floyd or we're talking about a, a number of these tragic incidents. But particularly, I want to ask, you know, just a few years ago, you know, we had just gotten, you know, COVID had took took over the world. We all were basically locked in our houses and, you know, trying to think about what we had no idea what this COVID thing was about to do. And, you know, the, you know, uh, just the, the climate was very unpredictable, very, very scary to be if we're being real. You know, we just didn't know what to experience, what, what, we, what we were about to experience. And then in that summer, we have this footage come out and George Floyd uh, is killed when a white officer, uh, Derek Chopin, I think was his name, or doesn't even, you know, I don't even want to say his name, but uh, put his knee on that man's neck, and we all watched him struggle for nine minutes, calling out for his mother, and eventually losing his life right before our eyes. And as a result of that, there was a massive outpouring, Black Lives Matter, the movement, um, sparked a lot of protests, marches, all kind of activism was happening, not just in this country, but really across the world. And so I'm curious from y'all, you know, from Nate, Joshua, Anthony, what do you remember about that time, you know, going back a few years after George Floyd's death? What do, what do you remember happening? What was it like for you? Um. So, yeah, obviously this was a very um, popular, not in a good way, but it was a very popular um, situation yeah. at this time. Um, most youth my age, I'd say we was on social media, like TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, and this was all over the screen. This is what everybody was seeing. It was all over the news. And so I feel like everybody was forced to, um, witness this tragedy. And, um, yeah, this is, that's, yeah, that's what I've seen from it. How did, how did it affect you personally? Like, were you, um, <clears throat> Yeah, so me being kind of young, like 16 years old, obviously a lot of people, um, their first, you know, tragedy that they witnessed was like Trayvon Martin mm -hmm. and those old, um, older time ones. I did, I did hear about those before, but this is the first one that I've actually like, you know, been like old enough to understand the actual meaning and the crisis and how bad it actually is. Um, yeah. And I think it did affect me because I realized like, I'm becoming a, at that time I realized I was becoming a young man and that this is something that could happen to me any day. Um, 
especially since I'm, you know, at the time starting to take the bus to school. Yeah. Um, soon to have my license and things like that. So, um, yeah, I just it opened my eyes, and it's like it told me that life isn't easy for everybody, and you always not everybody is you know, able to just walk around without worrying about if they're gonna step foot into the next day you know mm. some people have to look over their shoulders and you know watch what they wear um how they present themselves um what they put on their skins on their head you know and it's just like um you have to think harder and um you have to cold switch there's that's something i learned a couple years ago hmm. um you think you, you have know, you think you have to cold switch you don't, I mean, you don't necessarily have to, but it's a good thing to learn, you know, especially yeah. like if you get pulled over at police, you don't want to talk to them like they're your friend, you know, mm-hmm. you don't want to be like, what's up, bro? Right. Yeah, I'm chilling, I'm driving. You want to, you know, you have, there's a certain way you, you have to speak if you are fearful for your life, you know, um, mm-hmm. just there's a lot of things that black, I think black youth have to um, worry about and learn. Not everybody else has to. So that's that's yeah. crazy. You say that that the the idea of code switching. Are y'all you know Josh Anthony? Is that a, a term y'all familiar with code switching? The color switching. Oh, yeah. code code switching. Oh, cool. Nah, you know not really. Mean? But I just want to add on to what Thing was saying earlier. Yeah, go ahead. Or yeah, the question you were saying. Like when when like for George Floyd George Floyd got first got killed. Like life, life was crazy. Like social media, all you would see was like Black Lives Matters, racism. Like, I feel like, I feel like police had it bad, the worst during that time. Like the black officers and the white officers. Like when George Floyd got killed, and had to deal with a lot of racism and stuff. Yes, Tris. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot. What, what do you want to say, Anthony? Um, I wanted to say that the George Floyd incident. I feel like. It sent the entire world. It was like an, uh, a shockwave to like to the world. It was like a, an awakening, if you think about it. It wasn't. It was a bad thing, but it did lead to good things in a way because hmm. you had social media influencers, rappers, um, speaking about Black Lives Matter, um, police brutality. You had just the black community in general just aligned together and just rise up as one. I think when, when that happened, and when I seen that all the protesting, and even when I seen a lot of white people out there protesting, uh, I don't think some of them was real. So I told a lot of people, don't feel that there's a lot of white people protesting, they still not being racist towards us. And um, Harry, Josh, Josh and Nate, y'all said, no, Nate said something that was very important, that when he seen something on TV. I hit a post and saying I ain't judging all police. When they say comply, when you see somebody on national TV complying and still things don't go right, it's hard for a young black man to trust the police. And this is the thing about it. We say if we're going to be proactive, what do we learn from this? But how many times we've seen on this that so many black men comply and it still turned out they was dead? Don't understand that. So, you know, that's where a lot of young men are like, why should I comply? This still going to happen. Their mindset is, no matter if I comply, do the right thing, they might shoot me or beat me up or anywhere if I comply. So that's where the problem come in at. Ooh, you just, yeah, you just touched on a, 
um, another major point to him that, you know, you know, yeah. How, how, how is it not only are we supposed to feel comfortable when the police are present, knowing what we know about what happens, but then to your point, even when we comply, even when we do the right thing, or even when seemingly we do the right thing or we're unarmed or we don't cause more friction, there's still examples of, you know, black people losing their life or getting or getting harmed or getting arrested or just being, you know, brutalized. And, you know, again, what message does that send? You know, it's 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 really, really complicated, really sad. Um, and, you know, again, it's it's why I hope, you know, as we you know, to, to try to get towards more like solutions and, and, you know, not just to stay in the, in the negative and, and in the sadness of it. Cause it is, it is a tragedy and it is, it is alarming, but you know, part of the reason why I know Tim and I do the work that we do and what I hope for the, the young brothers here, Nate, Joshua and Anthony, I hope why, as you continue to grow, what you choose to do is be a part of the solutions, right? Be a part of helping the community heal and be a part of, you know, finding out ways that we can do better. Because you see that that's that's why YPP exists, right? So youth purpose and partnership is not just a, 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 a an employment program where y'all can come and hang out and you know get make a paycheck every week. I mean, th- those are important things to do, socialize, make money, etc. But the reality is the reason why Tim and I have chosen to do this work and work for a youth program like this is because we firmly believe that this is the way in which we can help the community get better and prevent the types of tragedies that happen that we're talking about. It's because we actually believe, whether we say it out loud or not, that black lives matter. And we actually believe that young lives matter because young lives turn into adult lives. And whether or not you're black or brown, the fact that you are in this program, it's our responsibility to take care of your future. And the the best part about having conversations like this, and you know, I don't want to speak for Tim, but I'm sure he feels something similar, is that this is a great opportunity to learn and to understand what it is that you all, as the future leaders of this of this uh, country and this world, how you view the world and how you intend to be a part of it, and the fact that you are. Um, you know, in this program right now says a lot about your character because, you know, some of your friends, they're not working right now. They're not they're not choosing to be, you know, doing a radio show talking about Black Lives Matter. Right. They're at home playing video games or, you know, doing sports or chasing girls. Nothing wrong with any of that stuff. We all want to do that, too. Right. But the fact is that you're here having a conversation about Black Lives Matter says a lot about who you are. And it does say a lot about the future of America. So that makes me feel good. I want to remind you once more that you're listening to the VIP show on WBCA 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. Um, the VIP show is brought to you by Chosen Services of Roxbury and the good young people of YPP Youth Purpose and Partnership. We're here with three very special VIPs, Nate, Joshua, Anthony, alongside myself, Harry, and and Tim, and uh, we've been having a pretty powerful, deep conversation about Black Lives Matter. Uh, we're going to take one more very short musical break. And when we come back, we're going to wrap up this episode of the VIP show. Stay tuned for that. 
이거는 내 버스턴 억양이에요. You hear that? This is my Boston accent. This is my Boston accent. Yeah, it is. Shh. This is my Boston accent. This is our Boston accent. Hear it for yourself. Discover your own. This is Boston, and we are all inclusive. small town I did my best just to fit in Broke my heart on the playground When they said I was different Oh now Now I'm all grown up and nothing has changed Yeah it's still the same work day and night for an old house and a used car <laughs> just to live that good life <laughs> it shouldn't be twice as hard oh Welcome back to the VIP show. I'm your co-host, Anthony, a peer leader of YPP, Youth, Purpose, and Partnership. You are listening to the VIP show on WBCA 102.9 FM, Boss. Thank you, Anthony. That was, um, before we came back from break, that was Mickey Guyton with the song Black Like Me. Uh, again, welcome back to the VIP show. 
WBCA 102.9 FM Boston. Harry Harding here alongside my co-host Tim Fitzgerald and three special VIPs in the building, Nate, Joshua, Anthony. Uh, we've been talking Black Lives Matter for uh, the today's show. Again, deeply powerful discussion. Uh, again, I hope you are appreciating it and enjoying it as much as we are. Um, I want to ask y'all sort of one question is, you know, when you think about, we've been talking about a lot of tragedies and crime and things like that. But when you think about all these things and all the injustice that the black community is is facing and has faced, what do you think needs to happen for us to bring justice to the black community? I feel like to bring justice to the community, they got to first like fix the, fix the system, make mm-hmm. everything like equal. And I forgot I was going to say, I, I'll come back to that. I mean, that, that was, you said enough right there, bro. What else? What else y'all think? How do we get justice? Um, That's actually something that's very hard to, you know, um, to do, you know, because yeah. obviously the black people are trying and they're using every way possible to try that. Um, you know, we can see that with protests, riots, um, you know, walkouts, um, signs, everything that we could possibly do, you know. Um, but I don't think that, I think we can't change the people that like we have in this generation now, but the next generation we can form their minds to think better about black people and about the world. And then with that, the new generation of the world will, you know, be better than this one. So even if we're not able to experience a good, you know, a good generation of every equality and things like that, we can at least try to make it better for the next one. So I think teachers should, we should pick the right teachers for our students, first of all, because that's our next generation. So we should do that. I think um, the TV shows, the TV shows should be appropriate and also educational and have a, and giving a good connotation on black people because obviously there's no way, there's nothing we could do to fix our generation right now, but there's hope in the next one. So that's what I think. Yeah, I do agree with Nate. I feel like this is a hard question to answer because you really can't um, control someone's thoughts or actions. It's all up to the person. So I feel like 100% convincing someone is almost nearly impossible. If someone is as hard-minded to not believe that Black Lives Matter or um, there should be inequality between races, um, then there's no point of trying. But I feel like how Nate said, when people are kids, I feel like that's a very crucial point. Mm. of trying to um, help teach the youth that there's, sh- I don't feel like there should be division at all. So I feel like that could be a first step because separating, I feel like separating can lead to other paths. And I feel like to create a one road, I feel like everyone should be put together and not in different like environments. So. Um, Josh, what's your final? Th- oh, sorry, Tim. Let's cut you off. Go ahead. I really think um, no matter what, uh, how we live in this world today, I'm going to teach us the um, police officers, uh, police officers, yeah, no matter how much training you do, a pol- I'm going to use police officers for uh, example right quick. I don't care how much training you do. If someone ain't going to change their mindset and they're going to be racist, they still going to go through the same thing. Yes. You can do anything you want, but people don't change their mindset. We're going to still go through the same thing. That's along with teachers, everything we do in this world. That's where they got to start from. Yeah, I don't from Nate. 
I feel like I agree with him, what he said. Like to fix, like you can't really fix it, but like what we can is do better and make sure the next generation like doesn't have to do the, go through what we went through. Listen, well said, everybody. And I know that um, we could honestly go on and on and talk for a lot longer. There's, there's, a, there's a lot that we could have continued to discuss. Again, when we talk about Black Lives Matter, um, we can, again, there's, you know, an hour could never fit in all of um our thoughts and feelings about it. But I just want to tell you how much I appreciate this conversation, how much I appreciate appreciate each of y'all for, you know, what you contributed to this conversation. And the good thing is that we get a chance to have another, you know, more conversations like this in the in the next few weeks. So I'm really excited to, um, you know, bring y'all voices to the radio and hear hear more about what you think, because, again, it's, it's really powerful to know um, that we have such, you know, talent and, and brilliance in these, in these black brothers um, young brothers who, you know, again, it's the future, man. So appreciate y'all. Um, just to remind everybody that, you know, this is, you know, next week we'll, we'll come and we'll talk a little bit more about, um, social media and the, and the impact on, on the world, a little bit of a lighter subject. Um, but again, all of this is part of, um, you know, an opportunity for these young brothers to talk about justice and, um, and what that means to them. So thank you all for listening. Nate, go ahead and take us home. Thank you for listening to the VIP show on WBCA 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. This is Nate, a.k.a. Nate Dog, joined by Josh, Anthony, Harry, and Tim. The VIP show is brought to you by Children's Services of Roxbury and YPP, Youth Pertinence and Partnership. <laughs>